0: The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement, which is entirely responsible for its content. Welcome to Off the Shelf with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement on Federal News Network. Off the Shelf gives a voice to commercial service and product companies selling in the federal market. Roger speaks to members and government officials about procurement policy, trends, innovations, and debates. Now your host, Roger Waldron. Today, my guest on Off the Shelf is Brian Conrad. Brian is the Acting FedRAMP Director and the Program Manager for Cybersecurity. Uh, FedRAMP is housed within the General Services Administration. Um, and today, we're going to be talking about the mission of FedRAMP, its role in, in the federal government uh, cybersecurity framework. Um, you know what what companies need to be aware of: cloud computing software service, how all of these, these things play together. But first of all, I want to welcome my guest, Brian. Thanks for joining me on the show.
1: My pleasure. It's great to be here.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to this conversation, and um, it's 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 an important conversation as we are fundamentally talking about, you know, the security of our systems um, with all the near-peer adversaries out there and bad actors just generally seeking to, uh, you know, obtain Information or disrupt capabilities over the long term. Um, so this is like a linchpin kind of security program for the federal government in the IT space. And um, Brian, before we get into discussion of you know the FedRAMP mission, I wanted to you know sort of ask you um, a little bit about your background and uh, experience and how you came to to you know your current position um, as the acting. FedRAMP director?
1: Sure. Um, I I came to the FedRAMP PMO almost five years ago. Uh, I swore into the the federal government service on December 26, 2018. Um, and so coming up on that five year anniversary, which I'm, I'm very proud of, uh, I, I, came back to the government because of, uh, my history in the, in the ethos I developed, uh, in my younger years towards service. I spent, uh, almost 20 years on active duty or almost 21 years on active duty in the United States Marine Corps. Uh, I spent some time, uh, as a contractor, as a consultant uh, with a fairly big firm, and um, it was when the opportunity presented itself to come back and serve uh, in this capacity as a federal civilian, uh, I jumped on it, and that's how I ended up at uh, at FedRAMP. I had been introduced to the mission uh, as, a, as a contractor uh, supporting the DOD's uh, chief information officer. Um, and so as I got to know more about the program, uh, especially when that opportunity opened up, uh, I, I jumped on it. it. It's a great mission. There's great people that work here. And, um, it you know, we, we experience a, a wonderful level of support from the GSA administrator and, and technology transformation service leadership.
0: Yeah, just I'm curious. So, what wh- what did you do uh, when you were in the Marine Corps? I'm sh- I'm sure you did multiple different things if you were there tw- uh, for 21 years. But what was sort of your core um, responsibilities and area you worked in?
1: So, in in the latter 17 years, it was in uh, telecommunications and information technology, and that's where um, I learned my chops uh, on IT and cybersecurity um, as a user and as a you know if you will a service provider for my organization um ensuring that you know my my commanding officer had the tools and the in the, to accomplish their mission and of course you know making sure all that was done uh securely um i transitioned from the marine corps into a into booz allen hamilton uh where i worked uh for 7 years supporting uh predominantly dod clients as a business systems analyst it analyst and, and a cybersecurity analyst
0: yeah, that's um, that's interesting. So, you bring sort of to me, you kind of bring a unique perspective. So, you you've been in the federal government, or you know, in the Marine Corps, supporting the mission, and then you had the opportunity to go into the private sector and turn around and support the mission. Um, yeah, you know, I just I'm just curious that getting those different perspectives about you know, IT security and that sort of thing, and the work that you did, how Has that helped you in your current role?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, It it has given me an appreciation for what uh, the agency's, you know, drive is to make sure that they have, you know, secure systems to modernize, to execute their core functions for the people of uh, of the United States. And, And so if you think about it in that context, what we're doing is we're impacting, you know, Making sure that your information is safe and my information is safe, uh, having a part in that is uh, is really fulfilling, and you know again bringing bringing my perspective of of accomplishing the mission. Um, and understanding what the user needs, uh, the user in this case being the agencies, is is critically important. Um, you know, through my education, I also have an appreciation for what the cloud providers are doing as well. Um, I I have an MBA from William and Mary, and you know, through those studies, it understanding you know the perspective of the business. Of the cloud providers is also helpful in striking a balance between a uh, in a program that needs to uh, support the agency's needs, but also needs to that has to be very aware of what the cloud providers are going through as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's you touched on something I think is critically important that experience and understanding, sort of the business perspective, um, can go a long way for to you know how you structure requirements or even certifications or authorizations and make it work, you know, balancing, you know, the government's needs um, and you want to get to where the government needs to go. But I think you get there better when you have that kind of understanding. That's, uh, that's um, I think that's inv- invaluable uh, for someone in your role. So, and you, and we've talked about, we've mentioned mission, the word mission several different times. So let's just start there. And can you talk about the Fed FedRAMP mission?
1: Yeah. You know, uh, it, it remains the same, uh, as it was, uh, 11 years ago. And that's to provide a standardized approach to security and risk assessment for, for cloud. Commercial cloud services. Yeah. Because if you think about the history of the program, right, uh, preceding the OMB memo that that created the program, cloud providers were, you know, shopping to agency to agency. Agencies were using their own uh, standards and templates to get the cloud cloud services authorized. And, um, you know, with the creation of FedRAMP and, the, and that standardization to have one baseline that cloud providers need to meet, one set of documents and templates to follow um, that, that's, you know, making it easier on both the agency and the, uh, and the cloud providers. And, you know, and then subsequently when every agency goes to use that cloud service, that, that FedRAMP authorized cloud service, they know what they're getting. They have, they can look in the documentation and understand, you know, just the, the cybersecurity posture of that system.
0: And The baseline, um, like NIST, um, standard 853, is that, sort of, you know, the, the foundation for, you know, the FedRAMP uh, process?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there, there's a legal and policy framework around the program um, where uh, basically um, we're required to use NIST standards uh, to implement FISMA. And, and FedRAMP is ostensibly FISMA for the cloud. And so we use those NIST 853. The current revision is revision five. Um, we just transitioned to those, uh, or we're in the process of having our cloud providers transition to Rev five. Um, but that's the that's what we have uh, our baselines built off of is that revision five of the 853 catalog.
0: Right. Can um, I've always been curious, and I'm just going to throw this out there: as I'm a layperson, right? I'm not a techie. But just how how does the pro can you just how does the process sort of work? We got about a minute left in the segment, but you can just just sort of just describe this a little bit the step by step that um, you know you and a you know cloud provider seeking authorization sort of go through. I think that would be interesting for folks. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, you know, when the cloud provider wants to come to the government, they have to make sure that they've implemented the 853 controls. Um, And because that's what they're assessed against uh, by the agency when the agency issues their authority to operate. And that's what FedRAMP looks at before we issue the FedRAMP authorization. So. Presently, uh, a cloud provider can partner up with an agency. Um, the agency will do the initial assessment of the cloud and issue, again, make their risk assessment and issue an authority to operate. Uh, it, that's required by FSMA. Um, that's their acceptance of risk. And so what happens after that is the whole whole the, the system security plan, the uh, security assessment plan, and the security assessment report – uh, as well as the ATL letter comes over to FedRAMP, and what our uh, agency review team does is they uh, they look at specific controls to make sure that the package can be more easily reused across the government. So there's not any gaps. Um, for instance, uh, all federal man- that federal mandates are met as well. Um, so. What we're looking at is, in, before we give it the FedRAMP authorization, is to make sure it's complete, it's of adequate quality, and it meets uh, this meets a standard in which other agencies can just pick up the package and use it.
0: Okay, well, let's stop right there. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion of the FedRAMP mission, sort of the process, um, where the program is now, and a little bit about some recent legislation as well that um, have basically put... FedRAMP into statute um, as a business uh, process approach. My guest today is Brian Conrad. He is the Acting FedRAMP uh, Director and Program Manager for Cybersecurity. I'm Roger Waldron. You're listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. I'm Roger Waldron. My guest today is Brian Conrad. Brian is the Acting FedRAMP director and program manager for cybersecurity. And we're talking about FedRAMP's mission, the, you know, authorization process and, uh, you know, what it just means for government agencies, for cloud providers, and sort of uh, maybe a little bit looking in the crystal ball too is where things are headed. So Brian, uh, when we took the break, we were talking about the process and um, I think you got to the point where I guess there were, you, you know, The FedRAMP team had reviewed um, the submission or application or whatever for authorization. Uh, And from there, sort of, you know, I guess we'll continue. Maybe it overlaps a little, but what happens next? And can you also talk a little bit about, you know, whether there are different levels or types of authorizations?
1: Sure. So the other authorization that uh, has been issued in FedRAMP is from the uh, Joint Authorization Board. And the Joint Authorization Board are the CIOs of GSA uh, Department of Homeland Security and Department of Defense. And um, they, the, those three issue what's called a provisional authorization, uh, which means that there's no acceptance of risk, um, but an assurance to agencies that the risk posture of the cloud service has been reviewed and accepted by uh, those, those CIOs. Um, and so what happens is cloud providers who, who would like to work with the Joint Authorization Board, uh, submit a business case to uh, the FedRAMP PMO, and we we hold a, a FedRAMP, what we call FedRAMP Connect, where we look at uh, look at the demand signal for that particular cloud provider, because the jab has a finite uh, amount of resources. Um, they're very choosy, and, and they have to be judicious on who they work with, and they want to make sure that the cloud service that they issue prov- provisional authorizations to get the most bang for the buck across the government, which... which which translates basically into the more, the more, the bigger the demand signal, the more agencies that are, that are using or intending to use that cloud service is, is worth the, uh, is worth the effort uh, and the attention of the Joint Authorization Board. Um, after, in, in the case of both, uh, everything post-authorization goes into the. Uh, what, what I feel is one of the most important things is continuous monitoring. And that is ensuring that the cloud providers are continuing to maintain the cybersecurity posture of their systems uh, and, and continually to, uh, protecting continuing to protect federal information that's inside their, their environments. Um, continuous, pro, uh, continuous monitoring is a, it, it's, it's a very manual, manual task. Um, it's it's time consuming because there's a lot of interaction associated with the uh, with the agencies uh, or or the joint authorization board uh, representatives and the uh, and the cloud providers to ensure that uh, you know things like vulnerabilities are being addressed in a timely manner um, that significant changes are processed uh, that are understood you know the security impact of any significant changes are understood and and to make sure that the cloud providers are are doing their annual assessments so. It, the authorization, the FedRAMP authorization is just the first step in the life cycle of a cloud provider in the program.
0: And and that uh, that flows through, you know, the underlying contract between the cloud provider and the specific agency in terms of their obligations. I mean, I'm sure they have obligations in the context of the overall authorization to maintain and continuously monitor. But um, it seems to me it's, that's got, that's, some of that is co- almost like a contract um compliance requirement that would be monitored by the agencies as well is that fair
1: yeah absolutely it, it's a cybersecurity responsibility and yeah. um since since I we really in fedramp don't have any visibility into what the contracts look like um but we understand that the cloud providers are supposed to be you know continuing to to protect federal information and, you know, and give information back to the agency customers so they can continue to make risk-based decisions.
0: Yeah. Why don't we take a moment? And I, I yeah, it's my, it's my bad, but yeah, we talked about the overall mission and we did some of the process. Can you talk a little bit about the organization and how it's structured the different, you know, pieces and parts and maybe even a little bit more how they sort of work together
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So uh, the FedRAMP Program Management Office is located within the Technology Transformation Service, um, in inside of the Federal Acquisition Service of GSA, and and so we we have a uh, around we have four permanently assigned feds. Uh, federal employees in, in the PMO right now. Uh, And we also have a team of contractors that are supporting us through staff augmentation and uh, doing some of the uh, technical assessment work. Um, We're broken down into typically six work lanes um, where we cover everything from, you know, what we're doing with uh, modernization and, and automation, Kind of the technical support for the PMO and the program writ large, uh, to ensuring that our third-party assessors are, are maintaining their compliance, uh, managing the authorization process, and in uh, interacting with the uh, with the Joint Authorization Board. So there's a whole mix of activities that go along, and you know, and as we work towards and and divine or develop our uh, strategic objectives for any fiscal year, we do this uh, we do it collaboratively. Uh, across the PMO because we understand, um, you know, with the, with the way that everything laces together, um, that it's, it's more, more or less a requirement. It's, it's an absolute have to do to, to talk laterally amongst ourselves and, and to understand what, uh, you know, what the folks on the left and right of us at any one time are doing and how we, how our efforts are complementary to achieving our strategic goals.
0: And so and what can you talk a little bit about the role of the FedRAMP board?
1: Yeah, so the FedRAMP board was initiated in the – established out of the legislation um, that was passed last December. And that board uh, is – in the legislation, is listed as uh, representatives from the General Services Administration, Department of Defense, and Department of Homeland Security – Uh, but it also gives a provision for up to, I believe, four additional members for a total of seven. Um, And reading through the legislation, um, there's an opportunity for um, an update to program governance. And so we're anxious to see what that looks like in the long run.
0: Right. So that was the FedRAMP Act, and it was – that you're referencing and it was in the FY 2023 National Defense Authorization Act and kind of created a whole, you know, first of all, put it into statute um, and it created sort of a framework for it. Um, you know, from your perspective, some, what are some of the key, you know, aspects or features you just mentioned one, um, what are some of the other ones with regard to the FedRAMP Act um, and, and what, what you guys are going through in terms of in a certain sense implementing right now, Sure. uh pursuant to that legislation
1: yeah so uh, there, there's a couple really a uh, couple interesting things in there for us um and for agencies so you know agencies are required to submit a copy of their of the authority to operate uh letters that for any cloud services that they use um this this might seem you know intuitive but you know that gives us a bre- better picture of just how how with the breadth of use of, of cloud services across the federal government is. Um, you know, I talked a little bit about the uh, FedRAMP board. Um, additionally, FedRAMP was required to stand up, uh, or actually GSA was required to stand up a committee uh, that is uh, uh, done in, in accordance with the Federal Advisory Committee Act. Um, and that is designed to examine the operations of FedRAMP in determine ways um, that processes can be continually improved. And that committee advises, uh, the GSA administrator directly.
0: In regard to the, to the legislation, I, you know, I know there's also, I think OMB has got a draft memo out there. I think, you know, last week there was, or a couple weeks ago, there was a, you know, a public meeting on that draft memo, um, is that, I mean, I guess it's kind of was, ta- I mean, the the original memo, I guess, goes back to 2011. I, perhaps the legislation, you know, kind of precipitated or it was a good time to actually take, take the step to uh, update that memorandum. And I think when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about what's in that and what people need to take a look at. Um, and there is a public comment period. Uh, so when we come back, Brian, will talk a little bit about that. My guest today is Brian Conrad. He is the Acting FedRAMP Director and Program Manager for Cybersecurity. I'm Roger Waldron, and you're listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. I'm Roger Waldron. My guest today is Brian Conrad. Brian is the Acting FedRAMP Director and Program Manager for Cybersecurity. We're talking today about the FedRAMP mission um its future the its codification into law um and on that um that aspect of it brian or we were talking about at the end of last segment um it's kind of unique from my perspective that a business process in a certain sense is put into statute typically um that's not done unless it's really really important and i think that sort of reflects the fundamental importance um, of the cybersecurity aspect of it, and the the growing acceptance, uh, ubiquitous nature of cloud in support of operations, whether it's in the private sector or across the federal government. So that's you know, so it's it's really important, I guess, is what I'm saying. Um, and with regard to the FedRAMP Act that well, was in the FY 2023 NDAA, there's a, you talk about some of the features and um, the board and that sort of thing. But also, there's some requirements for uh, assessment of foreign foreign ownership, control, and influence of a cloud provider, I guess. And then there's GAO reporting uh, requirements, and there's going to be an independent assessment of costs. Um, Can you talk about those those aspects of it as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So the foreign ownership, control, and influence is uh, is reporting requirement now for our third-party assessors, our three PAOs. Um, Those are the independent assessors that, that the legislation refers to. Um, So as I mentioned, the three PAOs who, who actually go into the cloud service and do an assessment uh, and provide the report back to FedRAMP um, now have to report any, any foci, uh, uh, characteristics, foreign ownership, control, and influence. Uh, the other part, uh, the GAO reporting is gathering metrics from agencies on cloud use, um, but it's also a regular review of costs associated with the independent assessment service, like our three, our third-party assessors, and information related to uh, foreign interests. So the, the cost is always something that's been very elusive for us to um, you know, quantify. Um, you know, cause we talk about the value proposition of FedRAMP, um, you know, but also one of the, one of the things we hear from stakeholders is it, you know, going through the FedRAMP process is very expensive. Uh, GAO em- embarking on this is trying to get a handle on that. Um, you know, what, what are the costs associated with, uh, with FedRAMP? And, and I think that's very valuable information, um, that would be, help us uh, make, make better management decisions across the board as well.
0: well it's, it's interesting, too, that um, I go back to the other issue, just the metrics on cloud usage across the federal yeah, government. Yeah. It sounds to me like the, you know, and I think it's probably fair, you know, the government doesn't have a real good handle on, you know, the extent to which cloud is being used across the enterprise um, so it's almost like you, you're going to be a focal point, not only of the security issues, but just understanding the market in general. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, I think that's yeah. a fair assessment to make.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so it's, that's even more important. I think folks are definitely going to be watching and looking for those GAO reports, just you know, in the private sector, just as much as uh, you guys are going to be looking at them to see, you know, how you can save costs or the extent to which cloud has has been adopted across uh, across government. Um, you know, one of the things, and I mentioned it in the last segment and, you know, with the statute, with, you know, the original FedRAMP memo back in 2011, um, I think it was, you know, the right time for an update to that memo. Um, you know, and I know there's a public meeting, you know, November 15th that, uh, where the public got an opportunity to provide feedback or hear about, you know, the draft memo that OME's put together for FedRAMP and there, and it is open for public comments or has been open for public comments. Can you talk a little bit about the memo and just what, what people should be focusing on or just taking a look at, in, you know, just in a quick snapshot. Uh,
1: you know, it's uh, the memo is, is an opportunity for uh, OMB to, to revise the governance of the program. And um, I, I think that uh There's a lot of good stuff in there um, that, again, with... With an eye to modernizing the program, uh, because again, the, the original program memo is, uh, close to a dozen years old at this point. And, and so I think it's, it's very timely, especially since the legislation, uh, passed last December. Uh, this is the next logical step in, in addressing governance and things like that for the, uh, for the program. Uh, you know, FedRAMP continues to be of continued interest, uh, to the Office of Management and Budget and the Federal CIO's office. And they've continued to be strong supporters of the program. And I think this draft memo uh, that's rec- that is currently out for public comment is is uh, is demonstrative of that.
0: Yeah, I think it's I mean, it's a great it's a great statement that they're asking for public comment and feedback on it. Because um, at the end of the day, it's it's a partnership. Right. And you're not going to be able to comp- accomplish what needs to be accomplished you know, without input and feedback from your industry partners. Um you know, one of the things that the memo actually mentioned, um, you know, when I was reading it and it struck me as COVID-19 and just sort of coming out of the the pandemic, um, you know, it alluded to sort of like a growth in cloud and that sort of thing. Can you talk about the impact of, co- you know, the pandemic um, in terms of government operations, the Fed ramp, cloud provi- provision, you know, just kind of to me also makes Makes sense why they'd want to update the memo and have some additional lessons learned.
1: Yeah, I, I think the story there is uh, is in the numbers of what we call reuse. And that is how many times a cloud provider is reused by a subsequent agency. And, and that reuse ties to the value proposition of FedRAMP. Um, so think back in March of 2020, federal agencies had to support a workforce that was, if not entirely, almost entirely remote, Um, And, you know, there were cloud services with already with FedRAMP authorizations that agencies could grab, you know, they could get copies of the security documentation, uh, this validated body of work, and then make risk based decisions for their agencies to support this emergent need. Um, And so, uh, to me, I think that's demonstrative of how FedRAMP you know supports are you know just the the concept of the do once use many times um it, it really articulates or, or really demonstrates um you know the leverage that uh, the agencies can gather and and the the speed in which they can get technology into their environments
0: yeah it's interesting one of the things i did a little bit if I read it right, it just sort of talks about infrastructure as a service and then software as a service and just sort of the impact and the growth of software as a service. How does that sort of impact your know, your FedRAMP and your your role there just dealing with you know the growth in software as a service?
1: I, I think that's just demonstrative of the market. Uh in the first several years of the program, uh the the big infrastructure providers were coming in because that's what that's th- theoretically what everything is built on. Um the software as a service has to ride on an infrastructure. And so, uh in the beginning of the program, it it's logical to to see that a lot of the infrastructure providers were, were authorized. And, you know, that's a lot of where the capital expense is to build data centers, right. Uh, Software as a service doesn't, doesn't rely on a fixed data center. It's, it's software. Um, But it does have to rely on the infrastructure, on the cloud-based infrastructure to run. And so um, with, so the infrastructure, the software as a services, and so in terms of, you know, compared to the infrastructures a lot, a lot simpler to do. Uh, I'm not saying that software as a service is simple; it's complex in its own right. But um, it doesn't require building fixed infrastructure like an in, like an infrastructure as a service does. And so, um, when we have all you know uh, a, a very good uh, selection of infrastructure as a service that's authorized, um, software that creates an environment for software as a service providers to to flourish and to and to build systems that uh, they can offer to the government.
0: It's sort of, yeah, It's I guess it's sort of like the, it's the foundation, right? Infrastructure as a service yep. under which all these branches grow to provide capability for the customer at the end of the day. Um, you know, we got about 30 seconds left and I, I you know, I wanted to ask you about automation because um, I think that's, I guess, you know, from reading all these documents, that's kind of the future, one of the future focuses in terms of, addressing, you know, the processing of authorizations if i understand it correctly. Mm-hmm. So yeah about yeah you know, about 20 seconds left. Can you t- start that and we can continue that conversation in the next segment.
1: Sure. So, you know, the basis of our strategic vision is modernizing the program. Um, and it's designed to be in service to addressing feedback that we consistently hear from stakeholders. Um, you know, this modernization effort, uh, it's going to enable FedRAMP and, and its stakeholders uh, to more easily create, submit, and, uh, and take in assessment documentation, security documents. And our aim is to reduce the burden on stakeholders through the use of the open security controls assessment language enabled tools that save time, uh, create efficiencies, and basically in with the aim of reducing costs as well.
0: That's right. Is that, those tools are, they sort of, is it, is it, I don't want to use, I hate to use the term there, but Bandy's about, it. is there some aspect of artificial intelligence? Is it, is it scripts that people, what, can you describe it for me a little bit?
1: Yeah. So, o- the OSCAL, the, so the, Oscal's a, uh open security controls assessment language that was Fedrant worked very closely with NIST to to develop that and uh, we're grateful for the partnership that we've had um with our with our friends at NIST and what this is is it's designed the the Oscal is designed to automate the creation of security artifacts as well as do automated validations. So before a cloud provider or an agency submits that pa- the security package to FedRAMP, there's a validation that's already done. So we we know there's completeness. Uh, we know there's uh, that the package is of better quality as well.
0: Right. You know, and Brian, that took more than 20 seconds, but that's okay. Uh, it was important to get in. So uh, when we come back, we'll, just I uh, think we'll start sort of start there, but also just get you know some sense of the impact of FedRAMP today in terms of authorized cloud services and um, and, and where it's there with regard to engagement with contractors moving forward. My guest today is Brian Conrad. He's the acting FedRAMP director and program manager for cybersecurity. I'm Roger Waldron. You're listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. Welcome back to off the shelf on Federal News Network. I'm Roger Walden. My guest today is Brian Conrad. Brian is the acting FedRamp Director and program manager for Cybersecurity. Security. We're talking about the FedRamp mission to FedRAMP mission today. Um and when we took the break, um you know Brian, you were talking about automation and I know you could talk, all, you know, for several hours about automation. Yep. Um but I want to give you a chance to sort of give some final thoughts on that. What what are the key things that people need to be aware of, and then we can move on to sort of the impact of FedRAMP overall in terms of cloud, authorized cloud services and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, the, so, uh, you know, we, we talk about technological solutions, and and it's easy to to get enamored with technological solutions, but one of the things that we're doing in FedRAMP is taking a holistic approach to, um, you know, when when we talk in, incorporating a uh, technological solutions and automating is not just automating our you know current processes or processes that aren't optimized um one of the things that we're doing in concert with looking at automation is uh evaluating our our processes if you think about it the authorization processes were put in place um probably about as long as the program has been around and they were originally designed designed uh you know, kind of as a one size fits all. And so in order to get the best bang for the buck out of, the, of what we're doing with technology implementation is we, we, we're looking at our processes as well. We want to optimize those and then overlay automation on top of those. So we're automating optimal processes and not, and not kind of going backwards and, and, you know, just trying to bolt on automation to existing processes. And that, that's, you know, taking a lot of work. Uh, we're reaching out to our colleagues within technology technology, Transformation service uh, to get some other uh, sets of eyes on on what we're doing and and to help us out with this. But again, this is all in service to uh, you know things that we've heard from our stakeholders um, wanting to get authorizations done more quickly. Agencies have a have uh, have that desire because they want to get the, the the technology to help them modernize and get this into their environment so they can start doing great things and. And you know, also uh, helping the cloud providers uh, move move their processes along.
0: And so, you know, with regard to that, you know, looking at support or or just to, it's, it sounds like some it's like you're going through a, a business process reengineering, in a certain sense. When you stop and think about it, right? Yeah, you absolutely. Look at, yeah, and you got to get you got to look at your processes first and figure out you know what they should look like, I guess, or and and then figure out and, and also lay the foundation for the automation as well as part of that is is a conversation on that sort of thing are you going to get uh, feedback or input from you know the private sector all like your industry you know partners or anything like that
1: yeah absolutely that be- absolutely. absolutely we've we've been talking about uh as i mentioned we've we've worked been working with NIST on the the open security controls assessment language for, for several years at this point. And there are industry partners who have gone down the road to, um, you know, to automate using, uh, implementing Oscal as well. And so, um, you know, we're, we understand that the cloud providers have very deep technical bench. Um, And so, you know, in the spirit of collaboration, uh, cloud providers and, and three, three PAOs, are are willing to share information with us and help us along the way because they benefit from an improved FedRAMP as well. And so, you know, that's kind of the key mantra or or the key piece uh, to what helps make this program successful in my opinion is the collaboration uh, across cloud providers, uh, third-party assessors and, and agency, uh, agency partners. Uh, You know, protecting federal information is a team sport and, and we all have our role to play. And um, you know things work best. Uh, and again, I think the strength of the program and and where we where we're more successful is when we're collaborating effectively across the the spectrum of stakeholders.
0: And so it sounds. I mean, efficiency. You know, and 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 reducing. You know, the time to be able to you know author, you know authorize a cloud provider. That's you. Seems like you've got the pieces in place to, to, to work towards that. And you've got, you know, um, GAO is going to, you know, looking at, you know, the costs and the use across government, I, I think going to help you manage the program. One of the things with regard to efficiency that I noted that, you know, there's like in that OMB memo, um, is the idea of to the extent there might be cross certifications or if there's certifications from other independent third party, bo- um, uh, bodies how those play into the process is that something that you know you know the management team is going to be looking at
1: yeah that's something that uh, we've been mandated to look at in the legislation and um our eye is on making sure that um what whatever those standards are is they're protecting federal information to the level in which we need them to um the uh the, phys- the NIST requirements, um, they're very detailed and very in-depth, and we want to make sure that, um, that you know, with those, with the application of those uh, by a cloud provider, uh, we know that they're protecting federal information and we have an idea of what that looks like. Um, we want to make sure that that same level of protection exists uh, if, we in, if we investigate uh, any other security or compliance regime.
0: Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. You know, you, you know, if it, if it makes st- if somebody's certifying something and it, it's up to your standards, you, it seems to me you don't want to reinvent the wheel, right? It costs you time, you being FedRAMP and the government and also the industry folks time as sure. well. Um, so, you know, can you just talk overall, um, we're getting got a couple minutes left, just, first of all, just the overall impact of, uh, of FedRAMP and you know in terms of um, the reuses and authorized cloud services just you know some of the numbers I think is, is pretty impressive.
1: Yeah we're up to over 320 authorized cloud services in the marketplace and uh, the instances of reuse goes up every year um, and again that's an indication of the value proposition of the program. Um, with and this this is where it kind of dovetails with the, with the need to to automate and and have more efficient processes is we, we understand that there's other cloud providers out there that want to get in the marketplace. And so um, where we can find efficiencies uh, for cloud providers to do that, um, that's, uh, that's incredibly important because the more cloud providers that, that there are in the FedRAMP marketplace that gives agencies a broader, a broader selection to choose from. And, um, you know to accomplish their mission and and that's what we're about uh, making sure that the agencies have what they need to do that um the you know in terms of in terms of the future you know we've for instance we saw an increase of about 30 i want to say 32% of the number of uh you know packages you know security packages coming in from agencies uh you know from fy22 to fy23 um So, you know, roughly a third higher, just about a third higher than it was uh, the prior year. We also saw a a large increase in the number of of high FIPS high, Federal Information Processing Standards, high uh, impact system uh, or high systems. A FIPS high is the most, uh, you know, sensitive, unclassed uh, data that unclassified data that the, that government agencies had, we saw a 750% increase in the number of high packages coming into FedRAMP uh, from FY22. And so those are, those are lagging indicators. And uh, some of the conversation I've had with my team strategic uh, about strategic initiatives is how do we get ahead of this and, and get some leading indicators on, on what exactly agencies are up to. And so um that's uh, that's something that I'm looking forward to seeing that we can accomplish as well.
0: Yeah, I wonder if that's kind of a maybe a data call from the CIO Council or something to the agencies. I don't know, or from OMB, I don't know. Um, it used to be, what was it, the 300 process or something? I don't know if that still exists or not. I've been out of government for a long time. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll give you, a, you know, uh, you know about a minute left to Brian. Do you want to, you know, I, I know you mentioned, I just want to give you a chance to foot stomp you know, um, any message you want to get out there to, you know, in the to government agencies and to contractors?
1: Yeah, I would, you know, make sure that um collaborate. Um, FedRAMP is always welcome to hear from agencies and cloud providers on things. Um, when opportunities come up for public comment on big things like the OMB uh, draft OMB memo, uh, when FedRAMP puts policy and guidance documents out, we do we do a public comment period first. Um, that's the best way to hear, you know, to get, to be heard. Um, that feedback is critical to ensuring that the program continues to grow. Uh, and, and we can address, um, and we can address those pain points, uh, from stakeholders.
0: Great. That's a great place to stop. Yeah. You, 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 you have an opportunity out there to provide feedback and, you know, and, and people are listening, including Brian, right? Right, Brian? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. I want to thank my guest today, Brian Conrad. He's the Acting FedRAMP Director and Program Manager for Cybersecurity. I'm Roger Waldron, and you've been listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. You've been listening to Off the Shelf with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement on Federal News Network. Tune in Tuesday mornings at 11 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast
1: One.